ELC Radio. Love God. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. turn in your Bibles there, and we're going to jump right into a new series for the Christmas season here, and this one's called Left Under the Tree. Look at uh, Psalms 103. It says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And I want you to catch this next part here, and it says, and forget not all of his benefits. Can we say that together? Say, forget not all his benefits. And what are the benefits? Well, it goes on to list some of them right here. It says, who forgives all of your iniquities or your sins, who heals all of your diseases. Uh, tell your neighbor, all means all. He heals all your diseases. Go to the next one. Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's wings, Chris. Amen. Praise God. Let your youth be renewed on your birthday. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Amen. Can I get a good amen on that? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today that we gather together and Lord, we've worshiped you. We've praised you. Your, bio, your word says that when two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of us. Your manifested presence is here. And we ask now, Lord God, that you would speak to us, that you would do something amazing in our lives to ignite a greater passion for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, it's the Christmas season, but I had something burning in my spirit to give to you. And so uh, we, we've put it under this series called Left Under the Tree, because, uh, you know, sometimes what happens, uh, maybe not all the time, but sometimes you're opening get Christmas gifts and something can be pushed way back under the tree and everybody wraps their gifts and something gets left back and then you don't get to see it until you go to put away your Christmas tree in March. Some of y'all, come on. Some of y'all putting the trees together. Some of you left it up all year last year. Uh, no, but when you, when you go to put your tree up, sometimes you'll see a gift that is left out there. And a lot of times in the Christian walk, we get so excited about this new life that we have in Jesus Christ that we forget that not only do we get salvation, not only do we get heaven, but there are other benefits and there are other gifts that Jesus died on the cross to give you. Amen? So many people are just excited they're going to heaven. They're just like, oh, praise God, I'm going to go to heaven one day. And they come to church, but they still live broke. They still live without healing in their life. They still don't experience the abundant life that God has died on the cross to give you. And so I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to highlight some other areas of what it means to be a Christian, okay? There's other gifts that God has given you that it's time that you unwrap. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. It's time that you unwrap them. It's time that you explore what this package of salvation consists of. Yes, we know that when you come forward and you give your life to the Lord, he forgives you of every sin, listen, that you've ever committed, that, you've, that you're committing, and that you're ever going to commit. That's deep. Listen, I'm going to say it again. He's forgiven you of your past sins, 
your present sins and your future sins. That's why the Bible says this. There's nothing you can do to separate God, you from God's love. Now, this is why you need a born again heart, because the corrupt heart says, oh, cool. I could do whatever I want. And all I got to do is when I lay me down to sleep at night, Father, forgive me for sleeping with that girl tonight. I'm so sorry. And nothing ever changes. That is not a born again spirit. That is somebody who has a head knowledge that's never gone into their heart. Tell your neighbor that ain't us. See, slaves only serve their master because of the fear of the consequences. We're not slaves. So what does Jesus do? He removes the sin, the penalty of sin, and he expects us to serve him. Get this now. Because of how good he is. That's the basis for our service to the Lord. Many of us grew up in churches where we serve God because of the fear of going to hell. But that's not new covenant. That is the law. And God doesn't want you to serve him because you fear penalty. You know what God wants? God wants you to serve him out of love. I don't want my wife to love me because if she doesn't, I'm going to beat her. I want her to serve me and love me because of how good I am to her. And her response to that is to love me back. Can I get an amen on that? But yet when it comes to God, we think it's okay to just serve him to, to, to get the fire insurance. But that's not what God's after. What God is after is relationship with you. And here's the big thing you got to catch. This is what is going to flip people out because, you know, we got churchgoers that really don't know God. We've got some people that go to church every Sunday and they probably ain't going to make it into heaven because they've never received the born again experience. Because when you have the born again experience, something changes on the inside of you. There's a proper response to the goodness of God. You cannot help but want to obey his word. You cannot help but want to remember, Jesus said, you got to repent and follow him. Repentance means to turn from those old ways. We don't just come in and go, cool, everything's forgiven. I'm good. Come on, uh, P. Ray, I'm good. I'm, you know, we, no, no, no. We got to leave some stuff. Because Jesus said, just follow me. You got to repent. Amen. This is for some of us that go to church and the club still. Now, praise God, you're in church. You're almost there. You're almost there. Don't let this scare you away. You're almost there. You got one foot in. But at some point, you got to quit going to the club. At some point, you got to turn from getting drunk, getting high, and you got to start looking at, okay, God, I want all the way in on this thing. Why? Based on the goodness of God. Now, that's just the starting point. There's so much that God has died on the cross to give us. Amen? Amen. It's not just about going to heaven someday. It's not just about getting our sins forgiven. It's about relationship with him. Tell your neighbor, he wants to know you. He wants to know you. He wants to, he wants to get intimate with you. He wants you to know, check this out. I know this is a basic premise, but people still don't understand it. He wants you to know that you are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. Now, as I say that, you got to understand how amazing that is. That is God basically adopting you into his family and committing you to him as his responsibility. Now, we lose this in today's society because we have people that father children but take no responsibility for them. 
And so we say father and we lose some of that meaning. But we've got to understand when God says, I'm your father, he's saying this, from this point on, I'm going to be responsible for your well-being. All you have to do is stay with me. Don't leave my side. Don't go chasing the hoochies. Don't go chasing the players. Stay by my side. Don't chase the bag. Stay by my side. And when you stay by my side, I give you everything you need. Tell your neighbor, it's quite simple. Now tell your other neighbor, I'm just hard-headed though. Come on, let's keep it 100. Let's keep it 100, please. Some of y'all didn't say it, but you're exactly who we were talking to. So I want to take some time uh, in these next couple weeks to unwrap some of the greatest gifts that God has ever given you. Some of the things that you have in your life, you know about them, but you just don't know how incredible it is. It's kind of like when you bought that new fancy phone and you didn't read the instructions and you just use it to text and call folks, but you didn't know that phone could take you into space. That phone can do so much. You know, there's so many people that don't even tap into all that their phone can do. And we're the same way with our salvation, this gift that God has given us. So can I tell you one of the most uh, precious gifts that God has given you right now? And uh, I want you to write this down, and this is going to blow your mind. Some of you are going to go, wow. Some of you are going to do this. Well, I knew that already. Then why haven't you unwrapped it and used it. So the most precious gift that I want to talk to you about today is the gift of the word of God. The gift of the word of God. Now, why is this a gift that comes after salvation? It's because this, if you're not serving Jesus Christ, you can't even see how good God's word is. Y'all remember when you tried to read the Bible before giving your life to God? You know, you'd wake up, ah, I got to get better. You know, January 1st, I'm going to get my life together. You know, you watch an episode of Oprah and she's talking about being spiritual. You say, I'm going to start reading the Bible. Or some of y'all went to jail. Some of y'all went to juvie. And it's like they, they throw you that Bible in there. He's like, oh, I got to get my life right. Let me crack open that Bible. And you start reading it and you're lost. How many ever experienced that? You try to read the Bible because someone tells you you should and you're not saved yet. You haven't given your life to God. You just keep hearing your grandma tell you, mijo, read the word. La palabra, get in there. You know, you start and you just go, okay, grandma, I'm going to read it. And you try to read it. You don't get it. You last two minutes, three minutes. You get through that. You go to the next day. And even if you stay with it, it ain't registering you. But when you give your life to God, And you come and you first say, Jesus, I know I ain't been living right. I need you in my life. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and help me live for you. When you make that commitment, what begins to happen the very next week you come to church? The word comes alive. It comes alive. Because let me tell you something. The word needs something to make it come alive. It's not coming alive just on its own. It needs the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you who has the Holy Spirit. The world don't have the Holy Spirit. Unsaved professors who try to study the Bible from a context of intellect don't have the Holy Spirit. Guess who has the Holy Spirit? You. And when you say, Jesus, come into my life, God gives you what I like to call these special glasses that allow you to open the word. And when you see the word through the lens of Jesus Christ, it'll start coming alive to you. You'll begin to see how amazing the word of God is. But can I tell you something? We've become so common with God's word. We treat it like it's nothing. 
Can you pull that video up that I, that I have queued up there uh, from the believers? Some of you might have saw this online. Uh, this is a video clip from believers in China. China's a communist nation. They don't allow the Bible to be read there. They don't allow printing and distribution of the Bible. But missionaries have been sneaking the word of God into China for decades. Amen? Tell your neighbor, that's gangster right there. Amen. We cannot be stopped. Revival is breaking out all over China. And do you have that clip ready? This is them receiving the word of God for the very first time. They're crying over it. Turn it up just a little bit. This is what we need. Look at them kissing it, smelling it. Look at them in the back. They just went into reading. Guys, this is the response of people who understand because they've been without it, how precious it is. And here we are in America. Here we are at Elevate Life Church. We got Bibles. Some of us got three or four of them. If you don't have a Bible, there's something called the Bible app that you can download on your phone that has every translation known to man on it. They have it in Spanish. They have it in Portuguese. They have it in whatever language you speak. I'm working on one in hood, okay? (laughs) We're working that out soon, the hood Bible. But listen, it's out there, okay? It's out there. But we don't value it. I want to help you with that today. Amen. Look at at what the scriptures say. John chapter 1, 1 through 5. You know this scripture, if you don't, you should. It says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word. Here it is. Listen to this. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Wait a minute. The word is a he. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through again him and without Him, the word, nothing was made that was made. In him, the word, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Guys, the word is Jesus. He lives in your life. He's on your phone. That app that should be right there next to your Facebook and Instagram. Put it right there next to it so when you go to those, you get hit with that. Oh, the Bible. Okay, yeah, I should read that. Because we cry at altars. We cry in our prayer times. God, Jesus, I want more of you. We sing the songs. But if you want more of Jesus, you got to get his word. Because Jesus and the word are one. When you're having coffee and you're reading that Bible, That is the equivalent to sitting down with Jesus Christ himself and having a conversation. It's the equivalent of Jesus helping you with your day. But what do we do nowadays? We only wait to come to church to get some of his word. And I'm telling you right now, stop that craziness. It's ridiculous to do that. It's ridiculous to put our social media, television, YouTube above the importance of the word. It's ridiculous. The words are life. They are Jesus Christ. By the word, everything was created that was ever made. Now what we got to do is we got to get the gift of the word inside of you. Look now, it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 
It says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. In other words, instructions on how to be right with God. Instructions in righteousness means instructions on how to be right with God. Are you guys tracking with me here? It's going to tell you how to make sure you and God are good. The word is there to reproof you, to correct you. Uh-uh, don't do that. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Don't go there. No, 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 no. Don't go with him. Don't go with her. That's what the word of God will do. Look what else it says. For, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. Complete. That the woman of God may be complete. None of this, you complete me. No. God completes you. Get you a whole woman. Don't get you a woman that needs you to complete her. Broke down woman. Get a whole woman. Get a half woman. Get a whole woman. Get a whole dude. Right? They got a job. He don't need your money. If he needs your money, he don't need you. That the man of God may be complete. What completes you? The word. It's the missing piece. It's the missing piece. The things you lack, you'll find in the word. The things that broke you, the abuse, the rape, the bad decisions, the drug abuse, all that stuff, the stuff that the enemy took out of your soul through sex, through all these things, the word puts back in you. But we don't read it. But we don't like it. Some of you come to church, but you on Facebook during the word. I see you on Instagram. Well, Pastor, I'm posting about the message, though. Your head is not here. See, we don't value it. Got real quiet in this Presbyterian church. So you put your phones right down. I'm taking notes, Pastor. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Now, listen to this right here. Let's keep going. It says that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's why God's word is a gift to you, because it makes you ready to, for everything you face. I don't know why you women want to marry guys that don't know God. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Look up here. Keep, give me your eyeballs. It don't make no sense. Do you know how complex you are, ladies? Very complex. Without God, he don't know what to do with you. So listen to this. Listen to this. When you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. When you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. Without God, a man has no idea what a woman is for. So all he sees is the hips, lips, and the fingertips. And he thinks it's for pleasure. And so he sees you as only there for pleasure. He don't get your brain. He don't get your wisdom. He don't get your outlook, your voice. He doesn't understand he needs you to get through. But here's the biggest thing the word of God says. He needs God to know how to be with you. I know I do. But we still got ladies trying to find husbands amongst those that know, don't know God. And we still got dudes doing it, too. You know, I, I just want to get married and settle down. And you go find somebody that is just broke 
and, and, and they're nice. Don't get me wrong. They're nice. But man, without God, without his word, you're going to mess that up because the word of God prepares me for everything I'm going to face. I see this all the time on Instagram. I just want to be a good dad. You cannot be a good dad without God. Because let me tell you something, being a good dad is hard. It's difficult. And can I tell you, there's different stages to being a good dad. You could be a good dad to a baby and be a terrible dad to a teenager. You could be a good dad to a toddler. It's so fun taking him to Chuck E. Cheese. So nice pushing him on the swing. And everybody says, oh, what a good dad. You can't do that when he's 12. That ain't going to fly. He don't even want to be around you at 12. <laughs> There's stages to this thing. There's stages to this thing. And you could be good in one stage, but be terrible in another. Man, I got teenagers now, and it's, it's a whole different ballgame. The equipment I used to be their dad when they were little, I can't use that equipment no more. Because everything I did as a dad when they were little, I w- it was cool. They laughed. <laughs> oh, you're so funny, Dad. Now they're like, you're stupid, Dad. <laughs> it's embarrassing, Dad. <laughs> How many know it's true? It's true. So Scripture equips you for every good work. You better get in your word. Tell your neighbor you need to get in your word. Now, let me give you another one here. Hebrews 6, 17 through 18. It says this. Thus, God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. Listen to this. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. What you have in the gift of the word of God is absolute truth. Now, don't let your professors at whatever college you go to tell you absolute truth does not exist. They want to preach to you uh, truth, you know, that is relative. Truth is relative to your experience. No, it is not. The Bible tells us that it is not possible for God to lie. So if God said it, it is so. It's so. It proves out. And so what you have in your possession with the word of God, when you give your life to Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit, who is the author of the word. And when you sit down and read the Bible, you ask him, God, what does this mean for me? He shows you the word will never lead you wrong. So many lost Christians. It's so sad. Christians aimlessly going through life. Christians that don't know what to do with their lives. They let somebody buy their life by giving them money for a job. They take every opportunity. Everybody's, I heard somebody say, my goal is just to get on with the state. That's a sad goal. <laughs> now, let me, let me tell you why. I hear, I hear their heart. And ain't nothing wrong. I love state workers. Praise God. Hallelujah. State workers, I got you. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. But the blessing is not the goal. But see, their mentality is, well, if I get in there, I get the benefits, I get this, I get that, I'm straight. No, God makes you straight. Don't put the cart before the horse. And see, what what we've got to understand that we have absolute truth to lead us, to help us, to equip us. That husband's driving you crazy? Get the word and it'll equip you to be his wife. Them kids driving you crazy, get the word and it'll equip you to be a good mom. That boss driving you crazy, get the word and it'll equip you to be a good employee. Whatever it is, the word of God helps you. He say, well, pastor, how do we know, you know, that this Bible, this word is from God? Didn't men write it? You know, hey, wasn't it written by men? Listen, the Bible tells us definitely that it was written by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And can I just can I just tell you something else about the word of God? The word of God is so profound. The standard is so high. No human would have ever wrote it. 
There's not a man on the planet that would have ever wrote, love your wife like Christ loves the church. There is not a man that would have said, oh, that's a good standard. Amen, fellas? It would have been like, mm, let's bring that bar a little bit lower. Let's love my wife as much as she loves you. That's a good, that's a good thing. No mind would have ever written that. No wife would have ever written in the Bible, wives, obey your husbands. She ain't right. No wife is writing that. Let me tell you something. Because this was not written through human intellect. Man was simply the channel to give God's thoughts into the earth. Sons and daughters would have never put submit to your parents, honor your mother and father, for it will give you long life. We wouldn't have writ that, wrote that. We would have wrote, you know, honor your mom and dad as long as they cool with you. The moment they start tripping, get to stepping. That says the Lord. Amen. This thing is, is, is too deep. It's too, it's too high for man's thoughts. So get that little thing your professor told you out of your head. Listen, some of you guys got to get ready to go to college and they're going to try to talk you out of your faith. I've seen it happen all the time. I see little Susie come up in the church. She's a part of the youth group. And then she goes to Sac State or she goes to Davis and she gets some kind of big headed professor. The truth is relative. The Bible is of not. It's not. And then, oh, OK. And they forget. That it was the Bible that took their mom off of drugs. It's the Bible that makes my dad a good father. It's the Bible that has put my family on the path they're on. They forget that. And I'm just telling you, get a relationship with God's word, young people, so nobody can talk you out of it. This thing wasn't written just by human intellect. Amen? And the other proof of that is the changes that occur in the lives of people who embrace the word. I was, I, was, I was spending some time with the Lord this week and I was just blown away of what God has used to change my life. It has simply been the word of God. The word of God took me off a destructive path. It took me off a hurt path. I was so hurt with, with, with my family, with, 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 with life. I was seeking acceptance in relationships and seeking happiness in these things until I came in contact with God's word. His word cleaned me up. His word has kept me off of alcohol and drugs. When I have cousins that are alcoholics, I have cousins that are drug addicts that died, lost their life. Why didn't that happen to me? His word. And, it, and some of you have the same story. The only reason you're different than some of your cousins that have gone another path or ended up in jail or are still on drugs is the word. The word is powerful, y'all. It's supernatural. Can't be explained. So let me give you uh, one other. I want to I close off with just giving you 10 things in a row here that make the word powerful. But before we do that, I want to show you this video. I came across this video on Instagram this week, and it's John Bevere talking to a gentleman who did a study on how the word of God uh, changes your life. You got that video there? Go ahead and roll that. There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 uh, p- uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80 and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with Scripture. Right. And they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study. It, they weren't even looking for this, and this is kind of became the highlight of the study. Right. Um, when we're in the Scripture one time a week, and that could be church on Sunday. That's pastor saying you open your Bible, we hear the message. One time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life. So I'll, I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now, at three times a week, there was a blip on the map. Like, there was a heartbeat. Something happened, again, a heartbeat. But here was a profound discovery. When we're in the Scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. 
you would expect that it'd be one, two, th- I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow. Ang- four times a week in the four Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in Scripture? If they're in the Scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's Word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, That's amazing right there. Isn't that profound? Yeah. Simply cracking that Word open four times a week can dramatically change your life. It might get you off of antidepressants. It might cut your counseling bill in half or get rid of it altogether. Think of what this could do. This could save your marriage. And we go week to week. Only time we get the word is in church. We live in a time where the word is all around you. Instead of watching uh, videos on YouTube, you can hear sermons. You can hear podcasts. You could be getting the word in you every week and seeing that thing spike up. But when we neglect the word of God, we keep one of the greatest gifts that God has given us wrapped up under the tree. And it's time, guys, we unwrap that thing. Amen. So before I let you go, uh, let me give you 10 reasons to read the word of God. I want you to write these things down. This is going to build your faith. You're going to leave out of here with an appetite to get all up in God's word. And it's going to change your life. Number one, the first reason to read God's word is the word of God is the wisdom of God. The word of God is the wisdom of God. And what does God's wisdom mean? I want you to look, read this. You can see it on the screen there. It says this, God's wisdom is the scriptural solution to any problem. Any problem. When you buy a Bible, when you download the Bible app on your phone, it is literally the answer to anything you're dealing with. Anything. Well, pastor, I got two baby mamas. How do I deal with that? It's in the word. Read Proverbs. Well, pastor, you know, my, my, my son's father's crazy. He's an angry man. Read Proverbs. It's in there. Well, Lord, I tend to drink too much. Woo, there are scriptures on that. Every problem you have, God's word can help you get through it. But we'd rather watch Oprah. I know she ain't really on, but she has that whole network now, right? You can get on there and see all the, you know, her world's wisdom. We get on there and we want to see what Gary Vee is saying, how he's going to motivate me to take my business into the next realm. Listen, you got God's word and you got the author of God's word in your heart. If you would just pray and say, Holy Spirit, show me today some of your wisdom, your life will change. One of my daily routines, and I've said this to you many times, is I read a psalm and I read a Proverbs every doggone day. And no matter how many times I read them, they speak to me. There's a Proverbs for every day of the month. And I read it in different translations. I've been reading it in the Passion Translation, and it's a whole nother experience. But let me tell you something. You got to get his word in you because it's God's wisdom to any problem you're facing anything. It's time to read it. Time to get rid of excuses. Number two, the word of God. Another reason to read God's word. The word of God explains the love of God to you. 
man, do we need help in this area? Do we need help in this area? Most of us, we understand God's judgment. We understand the consequences of being outside of God. But most of us, we got no concept of how much God loves us. We got no concept. Like I said, just the, the word father, we don't even get it. Even those of us that had good dads, we still don't get it. God is the epitome of perfection in love. The word of God, if you're going to grasp the goodness of God and how much he loves you, you're only going to grasp it through his word. And if you don't read his word, you'll never grasp it. And that's why you walk the earth rejected all the time. That's why you think you're ugly. That's why you think, you know, nobody likes you. That's why you walk into a room and you size folk up. Oh, I don't belong here. As long as you don't understand the love of God, you'll deal with rejection. You'll deal with rejection and blame everybody else for your misery. And you'll go from this family to that family, this relationship to that relationship, this community, this church to that one. But when you understand the love of God, and it could only be understood through the lens of his word, it blows your mind. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about the love of God. Again, why do we seek love from people that don't know God? If you don't know God, the Bible says God is love. And if you're here today and you're not serving God, you came to hear this. What are you waiting for? Why would you not serve a God that loves you so much that he would give his most precious gift to get you back into his kingdom. He can leave you in the club. He can leave you doing the dirt. He can leave you at the party, but he doesn't. He sends his love to come get you to bring you back home like a father who lost a son. This Sunday, it's it's time for some of y'all to come home so that he can show you what true love is. Because people people that don't know God spend their whole life searching for love. And in the words of Willie Nelson, y'all know Willie Nelson? Might not be Willie Nelson, but he said they are looking for love in all the wrong places. Was that Willie Nelson? I don't know. Google it. Kenny Rogers. I love me some Kenny Rogers. I'm just putting it out there. I love me some Kenny Rogers. 1 Corinthians 13 says this is what love is. Love is long-suffering. You just lost a boyfriend right there. He ain't got no patience. He don't suffer at all. Don't marry him. Amen. Let me help you again. He's kind. Love is kind. It don't beat you. Love doesn't envy. In other words, it's not jealous. Who are you with? Who are you with yesterday? Girls at my mom's. With who? cousins my sister and who else (laughs) love is not jealous tell your neighbor love is not jealous love Love isn't arrogant it's not rude it isn't self-seeking here's a good one love believes the best doesn't hate doesn't rejoice in others sin love bears all things all things Love endures all things. You can't find that love outside of God. I don't care how cool she is. She don't got God. She don't got love. He don't got God. He ain't got love. He might look good, but he ain't got love. I'm just going to let this marinate like some carne asada right on you right now. Because I'm hoping it'll marinate enough to get your heart. Somebody needs to get out of a relationship before the day's over. But, but it's Christmas. He's going to get me a good gift. Okay, the day after Christmas then. No, 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 no. Number three, another reason to read the word of God. The word of God explains the order of God. You want to know why life hurts? Life will hurt when it's out of order. Pain tells you things are out of order. The only thing that could put your life in order is God's word. That's why we need it. 
It shows the reward of order. We're in a day and age, people, where this culture is losing honor. We don't honor nobody. Let me tell you something. Honor your mother and father. Honor your teachers. Honor your boss. Honor spiritual authority. Honor to your leaders. Honor. It's, a, it's the order of God. We, have in a, we live in a day nobody wants to honor authority. Teachers get beat up. Parents get yelled at by their kids, called stupid. Not here, though. Not here. Amen. Not here. Amen. I'm speaking it by faith. Amen. The Word of God explains the order of God. Do you know what? In the Bible, and I've said this many times before, in the Hebrew uh, language, the word darkness uh, has the same meaning as chaos. And the word light has the same meaning as order. So we see in the Bible that when there's darkness, there's chaos. When there's light, there's order. Jesus is the light of the world, the order of the world. He'll tell you how to get your life in order. He'll tell you how to get your marriage in order. He'll tell you how to put things in its proper order. You put money before God, it's going to hurt you. You put love before God, it's going to hurt you. You put sex before marriage, it's going to hurt you. You put having kids before marriage, it's going to hurt you. Some of us have felt that, that pain, because things are out of order. Only the word of God can help you get things in order. And then things aren't perfect, but the order gives you a grace to work through life. And can I just tell you something? Everything in the hands of God can be put in order. You're not too far for God to put that thing in order. You're never too far gone. Amen? This is why we need God's word. Because if you don't have God's word, you go to your intellect. And intellect will tell you another way all the time. So we got to understand God's word to, to get his order. Number four, another reason to read God's word is the word of God is a relationship handbook. A relationship handbook. That's what the word of God is. And some of us in this room need help in the area of relationships. Because relationships are difficult. Relationships with your girlfriend can be difficult. Don't amen me. Get you in trouble. Relationships with your boyfriend can be difficult. Relationships with your kids can be difficult. Relationships with your wife or husband can be difficult. Relationship with your friends is difficult. Relationship with your pastors, your boss, your coworkers. Guys, it's hard. But can I tell you something? One of the greatest gifts is relationships. And you trying to do relationship without God's word, it's going to be a lot of pain involved. It reveals how to maintain worthy relationships, how to value them. So that you just don't cut people off when you're mad at them. You need to catch this. Because some of you cutting folks off that love you because of a feeling. Listen, man, you're losing precious life. You could be sharing with people, but your feelings have overridden your wisdom. And somebody says something to help you but it feel, makes you feel a certain way, so you cut them off, you lose. You lose. But see, God's word can help you keep that from happening. Because one of the greatest gifts you got, catch me now on this, is relationships. There's people that got a whole lot of money, but no good relationships, and they commit suicide. They do drugs. They medicate, and they got money relationships, man. That's the glue. That's the gold. You know, this, this Christmas, we're not doing the Mexico uh, mission. We had to postpone that for next year. But one of the greatest things I love about going to Mexico, I love helping the people and I love doing that. But you know what I love? I love the car rides. I love sitting around the fire with some of my church members here and our, our, my friends and family and getting to know people and in that because relationships are the glue but if you're not careful without God you 
will mess them up. And if we're completely honest, some of us have messed up relationships. But God's word can tell you how to fix them. If you got a father or a mother and you're mad at them, God's word can tell you how to get through that. Amen? Because relationships are messy. They don't always feel good. Can I get an amen on that? They hurt. Relationships hurt. Okay, but that's why we need God's word. Amen? Uh, Go to the next one, uh, number five. The word of God explains to us how to worship God and why. The word of God explains to us how to worship God and why. I wish we would grasp the understanding of why we need to worship God. The only thing that's going to help you in that is when you get the revelation through his word. These incredible people lead us in worship every week. And yet still some of us sit there not engaging, not clapping, not lifting our hands, not singing. And we just think, oh, well, that's not me. See, that's why you got to learn the word of God, because worship is not about you. Yeah, but pastor, I'm just not a singer like that. It doesn't matter. What matters is what his word asks of us. And when we can go... I'm not a singer, but I'm going to sing because I see it in God's word. Something happens. It's the equivalent of you laying your pride on the altar and saying, God, I'm going to submit to you. God moves. There's something in the Bible that says praise him in the dance. Some of y'all have never experienced that. Well, pastor, I I, I ain't want nobody looking at me as I'm dancing. I I ain't doing that. You're going to miss something. Until you encounter it in his word and just go, you know what? I'm going to praise him in the dance. You know what? You ain't got to just dance here. Dance at home. You do it all the time anyway. (laughs) Just put on some zap and you'll be gone in a minute. (laughs) Do some of that for God. You lose your mind. They throw on some Mac Dre at the barbecue. You come to church and all of a sudden, oh, 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 I can't even, who's looking at me? Come on. What are you doing? You know how stupid you used to look at the barbecue? You can't even do some of this for God and, you know, just, hey, just move around. I'm going to praise you in the dance, you know? Now, understand, it's not because we ask you to do it. Read the book of Psalms. Praise him with a shout. Praise him. But see, see, the word of God will tell you how to experience worship. And here's the other thing. It'll also explain to you why. Because some of you don't know why. You think, the song, you think the music is like the preliminaries. You think it's like the band on Jimmy Kimmel or, you know, the Tonight Show. This is the roots up here getting the crowd ready. And Jimmy's going to come out in a minute and he's going to get you all fired up. No. It's not killing time so you could get here. Oh, the music's still playing. Let me, let me get in there real quick. All right, I'm good. No. It's time where we empty ourselves out before God. I challenge you, man. Read the book. of Your life can change when you understand worship. Addictions will, will, will leave. All this stuff that you're paying people, to get, counselors, and, you know, you're doing all this stuff to overcome telling you if you fall in love with God's word and you start making it a priority, things are going to happen. And I'll just say this. Stop saying, well, I try, but it don't, I, I don't understand it. Listen, it's time for you to grow a little bit. Stretch a little bit. Pastor, I don't read very well. Can I just tell you something? That was me. When I got saved, I never read a complete book. You know how I did book reports? You read the first chapter, you read the last chapter. And then you read the synopsis on the back. Some of the high schoolers go, ooh, okay, I feel you, I feel you. <laughs> hey, but I got bad grades. Don't take my advice. <laughs> but seriously, but you know what happened when I got saved? You know what happened when I got saved? I said, man, I need this word. Yeah. And I made myself just dive into it. 
And God started pulling. And then I started buying books. I started going and getting my library together and reading. And so you just got to decide. I want to get better. I want to unwrap this gift of the word of God. And it's going to happen. Let me give you these last ones here. What number were we on? Number six. Sorry. Number six. The word of God is a problem solving handbook. It's a problem solving handbook. You got a problem? Answers in the word. You got a sin problem? Answers in the word. You got a relationship problem? Answers in the word. You got a money problem? Answers in the word. If you come to see me because you got a problem, guess what I'm giving you? The word. I can save you some time. I'm going to give you the word. So if you start getting the word, things will change. All right. Number seven, the word of God. Another reason to read the word of God. The word of God creates conviction that causes change. How many need to change in here? Raise your hand real high if you want to change. I'm going to give some of you time to put your pride down. Raise your hand if you want to change. This is a good time for the wives to give that little rib shot. Raise your hand, fool. We all need to change. We all need need to change. For some of us, change is going to be harder. If you are addicted to substance, man, guys, my heart goes out to you. Change is hard. It's hard to get off of that weed. Can I get an amen on that? It's all right. Thank you for being honest. It's hard. It ain't just like, for some people, oh, I'm done with it, boom. To stop drinking after 25 years of going to ball games and barbecues and guinces and drinking with your cousins and your tios, I get it. It's going to be tough for you to go, I'm not about that life anymore. I understand. But the word of God is what you're going to need to change that lifestyle. It's what you need. You want to be a better husband? You've been married 10 years. Five of them weren't so good. The last five was a little bit better. But you know you're on your last chance. The word of God. The last marriage didn't make it. And you trying to get married again. Got to change. Listen, I want to be a good dad to my kids. Guess what I got to do? I got to change. The word of God does that. Amen? Amen. Number eight, the word of God explains how the kingdom of God works. You ever hear people say, you know, God moves in mysterious ways. No, he don't. (laughs) Quit saying that. That's dumb. He tells you exactly how he moves. He tells you exactly how he's going to move in his word. Isaiah even says, before I do a thing, I'll tell you first. He's telling, he wants to speak to you. The kingdom of God is how God does things. You've been doing things according to the world, according to your own intellect. It's time to start doing God's, uh, things God's way. You find that in the word. Number nine. The word of God reveals the secrets and hidden things you need to know. Like purpose. What's your purpose? Only way you're going to find that is in his word. I'll never forget as a 19-year-old boy cracking open that word, reading the Bible, and my purpose jumped out of those pages. Affected me, changed my life. The word of God. And it'll do the same for you. Why are you here, woman of God? Why are you here, man of God? Why are y'all married? Why do you got kids? What's the purpose for your family? It's in his word. Without that, it'll remain a mystery. Jump into his word. Number 10, last one. The word of God is the power of God. It's the power. Ignorance of the word keeps you weak. Knowledge of the word, you're dangerous. You're dangerous. You can't be stopped. You can't be stopped. But here's the thing, guys, the foundation of your life. Jesus said it. You got to build your life upon the rock, not the sand. 
The rock is revelation. It's his word. Guess what sand is? Sand is tiny pebbles. You know what they represent? Everybody else's word. Everybody else's ideas. Everybody else's thoughts. God says, you build it on that, it's sinking sand. Because that changes. But something that ain't never going to change is his word. His word will stand. The greatest, one of the greatest gifts God has given you folks is the Bible. It ain't enough just to come on Sundays and hear me preach it to you. Every day, read a Psalms, read the proverb of the day, read a scripture in the chapter in the New Testament, a chapter in the Old, get some of that word in you. And you saw the statistics. Loneliness gets cut down. Addiction gets cut down 60% just from an encounter with God's word. I want you to bow your heads for a moment. If you're here today, you came just to hear this because God is throwing you out a lifesaver. You came today to hear this because your situation isn't going to change through any other thing. It's not going to be a new job that changes your life, a new relationship. The thing that's going to change your life is when you come in contact with his word. But you'll never encounter his word without giving him your life first. Because you need the Holy Spirit, the author of the word, to break it down for you. Hey everybody, Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.